Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Now, your host, Jim Shoemaker. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, it doesn't seem to matter. A common concern is always money. Well, welcome to today's program, Talk Money. We've got a great program lined up for you today. Plenty of information and education, and of course, we'll throw some fun in for good measure just to keep you interested. That's our objective, is to make sure you're a part of the program. We're privileged to have Mr. Greg Valier from our, he's our Washington Connection. He is the Chief U.S. Policy Strategist with AGF Investments. He was going to give us an update on what he sees in Washington. And also, Dr. Kevin Westbrook is with us today from Strategic Aim Consulting. He's a professor at Union University, he's going to talk about with us this whole idea behind what's going on in the job market. He's titled this whole thought about the paradox in the job market. People are hiring and firing at the same time. That's something we've got to talk about. And in the last half of the program, we have another expert, Daniel Irwin from the Better Business Bureau. He is going to come back. Of course, it's always scam school when Daniel's here and he's going to walk through some very important information, some basic tips to avoid a scam. But first of all, we've got Mr. Greg Verrier. He is, again, the chief strategist, AGF investor. Welcome to the program, sir. Great to be with you, Jim. You know, I so much appreciate what you talk about and how you bring it to us and give us such such valuable information. And the topic on everybody's mind today is what will be the difference in the House and the Senate if the Republicans take over? Let's just say take over the House first, but also take over the Senate. What's your thoughts? Well, first of all, a takeover of the House is virtually certain. I think there's a very good chance the Republicans will have a net gain of 18, 20, 25 seats. They only need five. So we're going to go from Nancy Pelosi to Kevin McCarthy, and there will be a big difference. I think the main one is that any kind of tax increase would die in the House. So we're going to look at two years now of stability on taxes, no big changes. That's a, that's a big deal. And the market likes that, right? The market looks at that and says, that's a positive. Well, you and I both know, my friend, the markets like predictability. <laughs> and if they can have two years without any big change on taxes, that's a good story. That's great. That's great. And that's always important. Of course, always the midterm seems to be a pivotal point for the market. That you know, we see historically that after the midterm, the market seems to do well. And uh, again, your indication being that if there is this ability to, you know, control and we're not making major changes, the market seems to move in, the, in a positive way. That's a good thing. Let me ask you about the Ukraine war. Back in February... We had something, of course, occur that we wouldn't have been thinking about, wouldn't have anticipated, and now we're still talking about it. What is your hope for a resolution when it comes to the Ukraine war? Well, I had hoped that maybe we'd have negotiations, a truce, at some point before the holidays, but I think that's increasingly unlikely. I think that Putin feels that if he waits out the West, he might start to see a lack of resolve on the part of Western Europe, and frankly, maybe the U.S. as well. There are more and more people in America who are saying, you know, we got our own problems here. We we have uh, things we have to spend money on. So I, I think that Putin is hoping 
that this resolve begins to fade a bit. So, uh, unfortunately, it looks like this thing's going to drag on for a few more months. A few more months. Does that mean springtime, or we look at even further than that? I mean, I know you can't predict it, but the reality is, yeah. what's what's your what's your, if I just said you and me talking, nobody else is listening. You know, we just what what would you say? <laughs> I'd say I'd say that both Zelensky and Putin are going to wait it out until the spring, if if they can get through the next few months. And both countries have had enormous casualties and enormous economic pain because of this but i think when if they can get through the winter then they may sit down in the spring and see if we can get it true i mean no war lasts forever but i unfortunately don't think it's going to be resolved quickly you know the thought about it is and i guess you've been doing this a long time in washington been around and you you, you watched politics in fact in conversation that we recently had you'd talked about that you'd known mr biden since he was you know a rookie basically in, in the how in the senate Here, here's my thought for you question would you have anticipated this war of the, with Russia, would you have thought that would have been something in modern day way we think globally today? Is that what, what, what's your take on that mindset? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Who would have thought we'd be good, seeing a yeah. war? That's a really good question. I, I thought that uh, Putin was rational, but I think he's been delusional. He's lost 50,000 Russian troops have killed and 50,000 wounded. 13 of his generals have been killed. His economy is in tatters. He's been humiliated around the world. I think Putin has badly miscalculated this. And I've got to say that the performance by the Ukrainian army has been just magnificent. Uh, And as I always say, Jim, Russian soldiers are not willing to die for Putin. Ukrainian soldiers, I think, are willing to die for their country. Yeah, you've said that before. I so much appreciate that. That's exactly right. When you're fighting for your country, there's a whole nother perspective, and I agree with that. Let me talk about the Social Security. We've heard, listening to the media, the noise that comes out, that if the Republicans take over the House and all of a sudden we're going to move to cut your Social Security benefits, all right, is it going to get reformed? And if so, how are we going to pay for it? I don't see it, Jim. I I don't think there's going to be any major Social Security reform. It's politically toxic for politicians. But there have been a couple. Uh, Johnson of Wisconsin and uh, Scott of Florida have talked recently about maybe some Social Security uh, reform. I, I recall about a decade ago, Paul Ryan, good guy, really bright on the budget, came up with a tiny little change in the CPI calculation that was used to make up the Social Security cost of living index. Ryan was excoriated. He was he was blasted for coming up with even a modest uh, reform on Social Security. I think that sent a signal to most politicians that if you want to monkey around with Social Security, it's the third rail. You, you touch that rail and you die. <laughs> it's, 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 what you say, uh, maybe career damaging or destroying one or the other? It, it, yeah, but one or the other, yeah. I mean, you, you can make a strong case 
that we do need to reform Social Security. We're all getting older. Social Security in about a decade is going to be facing some real problems. But I don't see the political climate right now conducive to anything significant on this. Yeah, I know that. And I mean, Mr. Powell, he's got to make some decisions. And what are you expecting from him, not only today, but going forward? I mean, this, this week and going forward, what do you suspect? What, what do you see? I, I'd give you an optimistic scenario, Jim. I, I think that there's a growing chance that the Fed by mid to late January is going to conclude that they've done enough. I mean, there is a concern at the Fed that the medicine could kill the patient. You know, if they keep raising rates, I think it could lead to a recession by mid to late next year. Not now. I don't think we're in a recession now. But I think if the Fed keeps throwing big increases of interest rates at this economy, we will see a slowdown. And I think the Fed is mindful of that. So I I optimistically think that by mid to late January, it'll be clear the Fed's about done. Well, that's, that's, I think that's good news. I think I so much appreciate how you present that and not only the Ukraine war, but the Social Security and the, you know, the change in the House. All of that, that's information that people need to hear. You do such a good job at it, sir. We thank you for that. Greg Valliere, he is the chief U.S. policy strategist for AGF Investments, does a great job for us. Always a good, solid guest, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy listening to his wisdom and his discernment. Sir, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Have a wonderful day. You as well. I enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. All right. You know, again, guys, let me introduce who's in the studio with me. I've got some, I told you a little bit about this earlier, but we got some powerhouses today. I mean, we're talking about smart people. Dr. Kevin Westbrook, he is the founder and uh, CEO of Strategic Aim Consulting and also a professor at Union University. We have Daniel Irwin, the director of public relations for Scam School that's coming up in the last part of the hour. And we have Scott Jordan, certified financial planner. He is here to just help me get through all the things we've got to talk about. He's going to talk about a little bit about what we should be doing from a planning standpoint and some fundamentals in this particular market that we're working through. But let's do this. Let's go to you first, Kevin. I mean, you heard Dr. I mean, uh, Greg Valliere. He did a great job talking about things like that. I want to lean in with you because you really use this term, the paradox in job markets. What do you mean by the paradox in job markets? Well, that's a great question. And first of all, thanks, Jim, for uh, allowing me to come back and spend a few minutes with you this morning to talk about a paradox uh, in the job market. You know, I looked up the word paradox and I, I came up with a pretty good definition. It's, it's an absurd or self-contradictory proposition that when you explain it, it seems to be well-founded. Well, now that sounds like our market. It sounds like the economy. In fact, I've got a short list here. Wait a second. That's great. Say that again for us. It is an absurd or self-contradictory proposition that when explained may prove to be well-founded or true. So how does that relate to the job market today? Well, I call it a paradox because companies, based on my experience and talking to a lot of people in the industry, they're on an offensive and defensive strategy. Or they're, they're going after growing revenues, trying to grow the top line, and then they're also looking at possible layoffs and trying to cut cost internally within the organization at the same time. A lot of it has to do with what Greg just said. We've seen inflation go up, it's hovering around, uh, I don't know, 7 8%, depending on what report you look at. Uh, there's talk of a possible recession, and I hope it doesn't happen, but sometime next year. And so company CEOs are a little concerned about that. 
And when you talk about the concern, I mean, I agree with you. It's amazing when you start talking with CEOs or you start listening to some of the analysts. This recession is, uh, we've, we've heard the term unusual recession. You've got pretty strong labor market with 3.6% unemployment rates. You've got some growth, even though maybe we saw earnings, you know, not being reported as strong as we would like for that have been. But the reality is, Maybe there's that mindset of, you know, there is the uncertainty of exactly what's going on. Maybe the maybe the midterm elections are going to help. We're not sure for that. But what you're saying is with the recession hovering out there, right, there's a concern. There's a concern. There was a study done uh, in the last uh, couple of months by one of the large accounting firms. And what they found was, and this is interesting, that companies are considering right now, as a matter of fact, half of 700 or so uh folks that were interviewed as part of this survey, 50% are looking to reduce headcount or, or right now they're instituting hiring freezes. But at the same time, they're also looking to hire people and actually paying higher compensation to get specialized workforce in place. When you talk about that, Scott, I know we, we actually talk to a lot of people that are going through some of that job change mentality as he's saying that. What do you take when you listen to clients in the office and saying, well, I think they were going to be doing, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, this idea of the mindset of what's going on, and there they are some people dealing with that. Well, I think there is a lot of uncertainty. I love Kevin's use of the word paradox because you hear these statistics out there that are floated around. There's, you know, somewhere around 10 million jobs uh, for every 6 million people looking for work, but I think... Uh, Kevin just kind of hit the nail on the head. A lot of those jobs are very specialized and they're looking for a unique skill set and not everybody possesses that skill set. We have started to hear more rumblings of people, you know, especially people that have been with companies for a long time that maybe there's going to be some buyout offers and things like that. So you are seeing, and listen, they're having to do what they have to do because their costs are going up and they're having to try to cut costs any way they can. And labor is one of those places that companies can always go to to try to reduce that cost. What do you anticipate, Kevin, as being a reasonable unemployment rate with this mindset? I mean, when you talk about... I mean, are we going to see a five, a six percent unemployment rate? I mean, you have to you have to deal with that every day. Yeah, I think five, six percent is probably reasonable. And 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 if you think about it, that means that uh, roughly ninety five percent are employed. So that's not a bad rate when you start thinking about it. We, I mean, this three point six percent has been a little unusual. I wouldn't say it's it's full employment from an economic standpoint, but it's but pretty it's close. Sure close. I mean, you know, because full employment has always been, I mean, for my career, full employment was 5%. Yeah. We had full employment, you hit 5%, everybody was satisfied with that. We were talking about a 90, you know, go at 90% working with 10% unemployment rate. Yeah. That's a disaster. Right. And now, you know, we're at 3.6 and, you know, if you want a job, you can get a job, but back to what you're saying... It's, it's being, we're almost rewriting the rules right now. Well, we're, we're in an adjustment. I mean, let's look at what's happened over the last three years. We went through the pandemic. There was a lot of influx of government capital into the economy. Uh, we had great, on a great economy, really, uh, previous to that for four or five years. And we've been in a recovery, really, for 10 since the last recession of 2008. So if you think about the influx of capital, companies have, have been really cash rich. Mm-hmm. And there've been a lot of merger acquisitions. There's been a lot of expansion and research and development into new products and services. And I th- and they've needed people to actually carry that out. And so I think what's happened, we're seeing an adjustment back. It's becoming more normal, if you will. And it's a surprise because we, we're used to this strong economy, really. 
When you talk about strong economy, and yet at the same time, the next sentence could easily be, but we're looking at a recession coming, looming out there in the future. Maybe it's an unusual recession with employment. What industries do you see that, I mean, from, from your chair, you would say are recession, I, I don't want to call it proof, but they're they're better suited to go through a recession. Yeah, and so those, those industries that may have some barriers just because it's hard to hire people in those fields. First of all, the medical profession, period. And that goes all the way down from physicians all the way down to any type of caregiver. Well, I was just reading, to, 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 to kind of look at that, I was just reading that uh, from the Department of Labor talked about nurse practitioners is going to be the number one career for the next nine years, not only just in, you know, medical field, but all fields. Nurse practitioner growth, a projected growth rate of 45.7% as nurse practitioners. So I've been thinking about maybe we need a, I've been looking career-wise, you know, you never know. I mean, <laughs> would you guys let me treat you if you walk in? And I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure friend? about that. Okay, all right, never mind. We'll go on with that. <laughs> just just wanted to step back there and think about that. But you yeah. see what I'm saying? So sure. you're talking about healthcare. One that's possibly, not again, not using recession-proof, but recession-stable. It's, it's stable. Another is law enforcement and security type services. Uh, you know, we're all concerned about crime and safety right now. It's certainly a, an election uh, issue that's being talked about right now at the national level. Education is still going to be a big hot area. We don't have enough school teachers. And so that's going to be an area that uh, people will be looking at as well as uh, public utilities. And even in your uh, field, there's going to be a need for financial services type people in the insurance and the financial advising and the auditing and the accounting world as well. So I think those are going to be strong areas for us in the future. That's a good point. Well, let me ask you this as we kind of think through this. When you think about companies having to attract that special, you know, you talk about some laying off. Yes, but then some needing workers. How do they attract a good worker during the time when you're looking at recession? I mean, again, I'm thinking if I'm not employed, I want to make myself employable, but I've got to make sure I'm doing it to get, be attractive to my employer. Yeah, sure. A couple of things. So back to the survey I mentioned earlier. What's interesting that I, that I found was that 70% of those surveys said that they're willing to expand permanent remote work options for roles that allow it. For instance, for instance, we're giving more work-life balance, if you will. Uh, more The ability to work from home, that's very attractive. We've still got a lot of companies that have decided to go into a hybrid model where they've got a couple of days in, a couple of days out. We're still going to see uh, higher salaries having to be offered to attract some of those specialized employees because there just aren't enough of them out there for those types of jobs that are available. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's that's something we've got to think through and, and plan for. So, Scott, we've had some people in the office recently that are going through that possible downturn that you were talking about. What are you saying to them? I mean, that's a real issue because they're they're 60 or 65 or something and they got to retire. Uh, Daniel, when we come back to after the break, I want to talk about that individual that you also mentioned when we were thinking about what, to, you know, the program is somebody like that. What would start with you, Scott? Well, I think first of all, you know, with that generation of workers, there's a lot of intellectual property there and a lot of wisdom that I think is very valuable in the workplace. Now, they may have to change the way they do things or, or alter their, their job scope, but I think there's a lot of opportunities there. But, you know, that goes back to to planning. And I know when you're already at that stage, it's a little late to do the planning. But we always, when we're counseling people, you know, you always have the people that come in and say, well, I'm going to work till I'm 80 or whatever. And that's that's great if you have that ability. But we always want to get somebody to the point where work is optional, right? Where 
if if you have to do something different, maybe maybe you go take a job either by choice or by force that you're not making quite the money you were before, but you're still making money because you want to be active, you want to be in the workforce. So it's all about planning to get to that point where you are financially independent, so to speak, so that you 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 keep your options open. That keep way. your options open. That's a great finish of that thought process. Keep your options open. Do some planning. Don't let, you know, I mean, make sure that you're thinking through the, what options you have. And as you said, keep your options open. If you've got questions for us here in, in the studio and you'd like to just call, you just simply, you can text us to Jim, J-I-M, 901-683-0989. We'll get your questions on the air. That's Jim, J-I-M. Text me to 901-683-0989, or you can send it to, of course, TalkMoney at ShoemakerFinancial.com. We'll get that question definitely on the air. If you're listening to us on, you know, pod, you know if you talk show as far as a, a podcast, just simply go to Talk Money. Just simply look to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker and uh, subscribe to the program. Listen to it. We'd like to send us a review. We'd appreciate that. Stay with us, because when we come back, Daniel Irwin, he's going to talk about some specific thought processes that you need to know about what to avoid or how to avoid a scam. Stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or recommendation. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Helping you make the most of your money. Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker on News Talk 98.9. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securian Financial Services are affiliated with Kevin Westbrook, Strategic AIM Consulting, Daniel Irwin, The Better Business Bureau, Greg Valier, or AGF Investments. The views and opinions expressed are those of Kevin Westbrook, Daniel Irwin, and Greg Valier only, and have not been presented on behalf of, or endorsed by, Securian Financial Services, Inc., or Shoemaker Financial. Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Now, your host, Jim Shoemaker. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us in Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker, your host. I have three absolutely phenomenal experts here in the studio. All right, so let's do this. I want to, I guess, Kevin, I want to go back with you for this this question here. Let's say you have a good job, all right, and you're working along and everything's going there, but there's rumors, and Scott actually illuminated, you know, kind of said that a while ago. The rumors were running around in the office about a potential layoff and at your company. So what does a person do? What should they be considering when it comes to how to prepare for that possible layoff or that, what, sh- what should they be thinking? Scott made the comment, planning, thinking mm-hmm. through it. What from your chair? Well, I actually was a guy that went through that about 10 years ago myself. There were, there were rumors of some, of some reshuffling and some scale backs. And uh, I actually took a reduction in force uh, option. So I've been there and done that. Uh, so I can t- talk from experience. The first thing you need to start thinking about is, first of all, you need an updated resume. So you need to pull it out of the file and get it up to date because there will be there could be a day when they bring you in and have that conversation. So what do you do then? Secondly, I'd start working on a list of what I call the centers of influence. Those are going to be the people that I call today and say, look, this is what's gone on. I'm looking for a new job. 
Do you have anything out there? Can you give me some referrals? A lot of people don't even have that list built. And so they're struggling trying to come up with that. This is just pre-planning. Instead yeah, of when it, absolutely. In other words, it's, you're planning when your emotions are not all over the place. And being prepared should that particular moment in time come to come to place. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you another one that I've, that I've read about and I've actually seen in the industry is that if you have a medical procedure you've delayed and you still have health coverage and it, it, the prospect of a layoff may be coming, you may want to go ahead and have it done. That's a good point. So you've got coverage to cover that medical issue. Also have an emergency fund. Um, and this is really in your area, but think about, do I have a financial buffer? Do I have enough saved or reserved in the event that I'm out of work for a period of time? I've got to pay the bills. And that's something to think about as well. You know, we tell people that the emergency fund, like you're talking about, should be six months of their income, Scott. I mean, that's something we yeah. consider to be important. Yeah, six to 12 months yeah. is, is absolutely important. And that's something that people don't think about, but it's just being pre-prepared, you know, pre-prepared. Is that, can I say that? Is and that I, a word? You, you know, know? another yeah. thing I want to say about that is, is that needs to be pretty liquid as well. A lot of people get a little discouraged when they have money invested in bank accounts. They're not making a lot of money. I always tell people that's not the purpose of those assets. Those point. are there when you need them and you want them to be there when you need them. So that's just money put aside. Well, another thing too, uh, when you mentioned assets, are there any unnecessary assets that I can sell? That in other words, they, they have a cash value of some, something, I can sell them to somebody and I don't use them or need them anymore. So that may be a way to, to generate some cash. Examine your expenses. What are, what are some areas that you might be able to cut? I mean, we had to certainly think through that uh, when we went through that decision a couple, you know, 10 years ago. Well, it, it happens in every case. Yeah. Let me, let me, I mean, you covered some great areas, and I want to remind you if you're listening, you can reach. I'll tell you exactly how to get in touch with Dr. Westbrook before the program is over. So just stay with us and get the piece of paper out and, you know, be able to write his name down. But here, here's a thought for you. Now, Kevin, you've given us some list of things to do if this possible is going to happen. You're just preparing for it, you're pre planning. Right. Let me talk about the other side. I want to pre-plan if this, ha I want to show my employer that I'm valuable. What should I do? Where where do I go through that process without it being, I'm not one of those that can toot my own horn real well. I don't mind you tooting it for me, but it's just not my nature. So if I'm trying to make myself look good, how do I go about doing that without it being so obvious? Well, it's, it's just communicating really around the personal brand. You know, what are you trying to portray in the workforce? I always tell uh, my students at the university and, and folks that, I'm, that I meet in, consult, in my consulting practice, what are you doing to build up your return on investment of your own contribution? Are you tying yourself to revenue? Are you enhancing customer relationships? Are you looking for areas to cut cost? And you can, can, you can very easily communicate those, I guess, contributions that you're making to the organization without becoming the braggart in, in the workforce. And I think you need to be able to, to communicate through emails and monthly or quarterly updates to your supervisors on the, on the contributions that you're making, joining and being a part of those teams that are making a, a tremendous impact. You can't just sit in your office or cubicle and, and get the recognition. You've got to associate yourself with, with projects where you can get some, some wins, if you will, along with the team. Show that you're a team player and you're making a, a contribution and really being that good corporate citizen in the company. Those are the types of people that end up staying. Well, Kevin, I appreciate what you're saying. You've given us, first of all, pre-planning, and I think that's the key right there. And then not only the pre-planning should this happen, but then some planning when it you to avoid it. So and I like the way you said, not being tuck, tooting your own horn, or you, you call it the heroic, not walking around being the heroic person, 
but making yourself known of the contributions you make. Exactly. Just, again, not being the braggadocious person, but again, you said tooting your horn and just communicating your personal brand. It's just a little bit of sales 101. Uh, sales 101. 901-258-0227. That's 901-258-0227 is Kevin's telephone number if you'd like to talk to Kevin. Of course, uh, just give him a call. Great information, Kevin. Always good information. Daniel, you know, welcome to the program, sir. Well, thanks for having me, Jim. Well, here's the thought. I want to just want to help you out here. I you have an example of exactly what happens to a person. Not only did the pre-planning, but it ended up being that that was his last day, and he had to make some decisions. Right. So I I know a gentleman who uh, worked in a, in a specific company his entire um, his entire career for more than forty years, and he was mid sixties and was forced to retire. Uh, it wasn't a lifestyle issue, but he just got bored and went out back into the workforce could not find anything that he was doing and eventually uh, ended up at a uh, uh, big, big box retailer, that that home improvement retailer. Um, it was something that he enjoyed doing and so he just works part-time there now. Um, it gives him something to do. It's something he enjoys. He doesn't have a lot of stress uh, and he's really well known. Uh, customers come into that that particular establishment, ask for him all the time and it's really enhanced his life. You know, was, uh, you said when we were talking about it earlier that uh, he was there already on Saturday yeah. so he might as well work. Right, he was there already. <laughs> he gets a discount and you know, so it was something that at the time seemed so negative and now for him is a blessing because you know he has more time he has more freedom and he has a little money coming in you know that's a, that's just that's part of that kevin whether he's doing the planning he's thinking about it he finds something he doesn't just you know i know people that when that happens to him they just go sit in the rocking chair and rock and that's just not what we're talking about yeah so i, I run into more and more people that are in that situation daniel and Sometimes they have to piecemeal a couple of jobs together to keep them busy for that 40 hours a week. That's okay. Go out and find a couple of part-time jobs. Some people even start a business that they've been wanting to start, a home business of some type. I work with a lot of nonprofits and ministries in, in what I do, and I know a lot of people that had a great career in the business world that are now running nonprofits and ministries. So that may be an opportunity as well. Yeah. That's a great point. So, yes, great information. And now, Daniel, we got to go to scam school. And, you know, it's a pleasure to have you here, sir, as always. And so many of our listeners just appreciate that what you say to us really protects us. Now, you've talked about some ways to avoid a scam by knowing what a scam looks like or how it feels. So give us those things that you would say tips to avoid a scam. Right. So there are so many scams out there, right? And so it's, it would be impossible for us to just name them all and go through every scenario. But here are four different things that you can do. There are four signs that it's a scam, right? So number one, scammers pretend to be from an organization you know. They try to impersonate somebody. Scammers might pretend to say that they're from a government agency like the Social Security Administration, the IRS, Medicare, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Or they may say that they're from a, a company that you recognize, Amazon. Amazon comes to mind, or they may say they're with a utility company or a tech company or a charity asking for donations, and they use technology to change that phone number so it appears on your caller ID like they're calling from that business, right? We call that spoofing, so that's a really, really common tactic they use. And the scammers, when they call you, number two, they're always going to say that there's a problem or there's a prize, right? There's a reason they're calling you. It's either going to be good or it's going to be bad, right? There's either a problem with your account or you've won something. Uh, they might say that you're in 
trouble with the government or that you owe money or that someone in your family's had an emergency or there's a virus on your computer or, or they may say there's a problem with an account, right? Or that you've won a sweepstakes and you have to pay money. <laughs> but there's going to be a reason they're calling you and it's either going to be really bad or it's really good. And then number three, they're going to pressure you to act immediately. Scammers want you to act before you have time to think. And if you're on the phone, they may tell you not to hang up so you can't check out their story. And they might threaten to arrest you. They might threaten to take away your driver's license, your business license. Sometimes they threaten to take away your social security benefits. Um, they might say that there's something on your computer that has to be, you know, that, that they have to take care of right now. But they're going to try to pressure you to act immediately so you can't think, so you can't see the red flags, right? And then number four, and this is probably the most important, the number one thing that you can do is scammers tell you to pay in specific ways. And the three ways that you never want to pay, and if you hear these terms, hang up the phone, you're dealing with a scammer. If they insist that you pay them using cryptocurrency, wire transfer, or gift cards, it's going to be a scam. Those are major red flags. Uh, again, gift cards are for gifts, not for payment. No government agency or legitimate business is going to try to call you and get you to pay for anything in cryptocurrency, wire transfer, or gift cards. You know, you say, I mean, you did a great job. Pretend. Don't let them pretend that they're somebody because they're not. We're going to talk about it in a second. Looking at the problem, it's either a problem or a prize. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's good or bad. Yeah, good or bad. Good or evil. And there's pressure. And we, you know, and I've had people to talk about, and you know, we have, and Scott, we've had people that say, man, they just did a pressure. I mean, I did, I had to, I had to, and that's the problem. And they well, stay on the phone with you, yes. right? And they, they will just they will just pressure, 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 pressure. I think the point thing, remember, these people are good at what they do. So they, they have really worked out how to pressure you and how to get you off your, you know, your cognitive abilities, if you will, or knock you off your, your rational thinking and get you moving quicker than you normally would. They're salespeople. It's a high pressure sales tactic, right? Yep. It's a numbers game. You know, they are good at what they do because this is what they do all day long. It's their job, right? Their job is to take your money. A lot of these scams, these common scams we talk about, they're literally in call centers in foreign countries calling and emailing us all day long. It literally is their job. You know, so many people that have talked to us about the show, and again, if you've got questions, you can send them to Jim, J-I-M, the text line is 901-683-0989. That's 901-683-0989 or talk money at shoemakerfinancial.com. You know, I, Daniel, they people really do comment how much you've helped people understand scams and giving us the tips to avoid them are so critical, but yet they still happen. Right. And some basic things you can do, kind of going back to scammers, pretend to be from an organization you know. Well, you can block unwanted calls and text messages, right? Remember, the more you answer the phone, when that, that scam likely pops up on your cell phone, when you answer that call, well, you get on a list and they're just going to keep calling you and keep calling you and keep calling you, right? So block as much, uh, to block as many of the calls as you can, if you don't recognize a number, don't answer it. Yeah. If it's important, they're going to leave you a voicemail. Then you can decide whether to return the call or not. But so many of these scams start with unsolicited calls and texts. Text messages are the new robocalls. Unless you've given a company specific permission to text you, 
it's not legitimate. You know, that is so hard. You can be busy, you know, and running around and you got your phone. I, I missed a meeting here recently because it was a long email and the I read about the first third of the me of the email, and then I didn't read the last, and it said, "And I, you know, the meeting starts at six o'clock." Right. They had changed the time, and I didn't read that part because, again, I'm working from a little phone, and it was a law, and you get the same thing. It's you're so busy, it's so much going on, and you reach over there, and the phone's ringing, you just hit it. Oops, I didn't mean to. You know, and sometimes my phone will say this is a scam call, and sometimes it doesn't. It comes from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Right. I looked at my list of people I know in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's not very many. You know? Yeah. And then also, again, you know, don't give your personal, fina- uh, personal or financial information in response to a request that you didn't expect. Honest organizations won't call, email, or text to ask you for personal information like your social security number or your bank account number, right? That's just a no-no. Um, and we also have to get in the habit of asking why. Even when a legitimate organization wants that information, I always tell people, ask them why. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that either. You know, I, you know it's like I, they know I'm protecting yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, you'd think that they would actually appreciate that because you're an informed consumer, right? right. So you should always ask why and verify. Like I, I, I ask why for everything. People get sick of it. I know, but I do. And then you also should always resist the pressure to act immediately. Honest businesses will give you time to make a decision. Anyone who pressures you to pay or give them your personal information, if they use a pressure tactic, nine times out of 10, they're going to be a scammer or a business you don't want to do business you with. You know, I got a call recently from somebody that said they were with an electric company. Where we have a, a cabin, and uh, they said, you know, your payment is due tonight, and if it does not end by twelve o'clock, you know, we're going to possibly it was a recording, possibly you know, cut off my electricity. And I'm thinking, you know, I, you know, that sounded right, but again, I was so skeptical. But I did call, and I found out yes, they hadn't gotten the mail in a month. The checks there, and finally they found it. But the point was. I was so skeptical, so, you know, hesitant to call and all the things, but that was a legitimate call. But but you've taught me, and at scam school, I go every month, you know, yeah. and I'm a, I'm a charter member, and you're teaching us basically to be skeptical, just protection. And I want to ask you this question when it comes to really protection. I really want to dive into this thing called the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. That's an official organization, and people are calling pretending that that's who they are. Yes. So that is an actual government agency. It's called the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. They exist to make sure banks and financial institutions uh, treat you fairly. And they've had to issue several warnings over the last couple of months reminding people that they do not call on an unsolicited basis. Um, Scammers are using their name and their imagery to steal money from people, particularly older Americans. This is one that really does kind of target seniors. And the scam goes a little something like this. You're going to receive a message from someone claiming to be with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau saying that you're eligible to participate in a class action lawsuit, or they may say that you've won a lottery or a sweepstakes. And the contact may be by phone, mail, email, text message, or social media. And as they get into the conversation, they're going to tell you that they need to collect money for some reason, or they're going to need you, uh, they may say it's for taxes or for some type of fee, but they're going to need to verify your, your, your personal information. They're going to need to collect money for some reason. And people are losing money to this, especially seniors. We've had 37 reports in the last four weeks of this. Mm. And of those 37 reports, 25 of them lost money. All of them were seniors. A Memphis senior lost over $1,000 thinking she was paying a processing fee to join a class action lawsuit against a payday loan lender. Right? 
And, and you know... <sighs> it's a bad thing when you think about that, but especially when you say Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and it sounds like it, it acts like it. Scott, you've had a case where, you know, your guy was, you know, being done that away, and I mean, it was just, it, and this guy was a very smart, intelligent individual, but it just sounded like something real. It does. And like, you know, going back to what I said, these people are very good at what they do. They're going to they're gonna know how to push your buttons and get you to move in the direction they want you to move. So you have to be very careful about this. This is also why we always encourage as as people age to have, a, you know, either a trusted family member or somebody come on as a power of attorney so somebody can overlook some of the transactions they're getting into because we do see an increased target of the senior population for scams like this and it's it's unfortunate but it's a reality out there and you have to be you have to be on guard to to make sure you don't fall victim you know i think that's critical let me say this daniel i know you you talk about that you know before you do anything like this before you pay a fee or you know do you know they get money from them check them out check their website out Call the Better Business Bureau, anything like that, that they you just need to know what you're doing before you do it. Yeah, and stop and talk to someone you trust, right? It goes back to pressure, pressure, pressure. Don't, don't, you don't have to be pressured, right? A legitimate business or, or, or organization is not going to pressure you to act immediately. And, you know, um, so talk to someone you trust. Talk to a family member. Uh, talk to a financial advisor. Call the Better Business Bureau, but talk to someone. Some, talk to someone. Talk that's to exactly, someone. Yeah, that's exactly right. And Daniel, I, I don't know if you agree with this or not. I always tell people, you know, when you're getting, you know, unsolicited calls like that, stop that call and make sure you're looking up the legitimate organization's phone number and call them yourself personally and reach out to right. make sure you're always, talking to them. Always verify. Because remember, you can't trust the number that's coming on your phone because they spoof these numbers, right? So if, let's say, you do get a call. Uh, right now, um, uh, one of the big scams going around are imposter scams are bank. You know, banks are calling and, you know, are, are texting you, right? And so let's just say that you get a call from someone who purports to be your bank and you think it might be real. We'll, we'll do a little due diligence, right? Hang up the phone. Don't talk to that person. Get the number on the back of your bank card. Call them. Call their fraud department, right? Even if you think it's legitimate, don't don't take that chance that it could not be, right? You call them back with a number that you vetted yourself because I promise you doing a little of that prep work can, can save you a lot of hassle on the back end. That's so, so important. All right. I want to. Do, I know that, that you are partnering right now with Amazon and Capital One. You got just about a minute. So, what would you say about what's going on? It's called this BBM Scam Tracker. You, we've talked about that before, right? So, the Better Business Bureau Scam Tracker. When I talk about all the reports that we get of these scams, that's how they're coming in. They're coming through our Scam Tracker, and it's an interactive heat map where you can not only check to see what scams are going on in your area, but you can also report them. And so, what we've done is we've partnered with Amazon and Capital One to put a lot of capital into that to improve. It. So now when you go to bbb.org slash scam tracker, the map is extended and you have a lot more search functions. And so it, it makes you more, more uh, it helps inform consumers. There's a lot of the different search areas that you, uh, you can search by that weren't there previously. We've put a lot of money and a lot of effort and time into this brand new scam tracker. And we're hoping uh, that it will, it will actually uh, be, be helpful to the community. And all um, I have to do is go tell us exactly how to do it again. Yes. 
bbb.org slash scam tracker. And if you're not someone who's on the internet a lot or you don't like going on the internet or you don't have access to a computer, you can always call our office anytime at 901-759-1300. We are staffed up. We have some of the best people that answer the phones and they will look for you and tell you, you can give them your zip code. They will tell you how many scams are going on in that zip code, when they were reported. They will give you all the information you want. So even if you're not able to go online to bbb.org slash scam tracker, you can always call our office and we can look that up for you. That's great. Well, we have almost run out of time. I wanted to, you know, Scott, you're here to kind of give us that last second information and you got 30 seconds. Wow. What do you think about the rate increase? What do you think about the next two months? What's after the election? Well, I, you know, the expected is uh, the the Fed's going to stay on this track at least through the rest of the year and maybe cool off in, in January. So we'll see we'll see about that and see how that goes. But I think, uh, like Kevin mentioned, I think we are seeing a slowing down. So you do just have to be prepared for that. But this is not anything new. We go through cycles like this. This is, this is a business cycle. Unfortunately, the business does cycle and we're going to go through pullback time. So again, going back to sticking with your long-term strategy, don't get derailed by short-term news and whatever's going on in politics and, and stick with what you know. And that's just working hard, saving money, managing your cash flow and stick with the long-term strategy. Long-term strategy. I knew that's exactly where you're going to finish. Long-term strategy. Stay long-term. Well, I want to thank my guest, Greg Valliere, of course, uh, the chief, you know, the U.S. chief policy strategist for AGF Investments. Boy, he did a great job. Kevin Westbrook and Daniel Irwin, and of course, Scott Jordan. If you want to talk to Scott, you can call him at 757-5757. Kevin Westbrook at 258-0227. That's 901-258-0227. And of course, you can call Daniel at 759 759- 1300. That's 901-759-1300. You can find our show Talk Money on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Subscribe to the podcast and again, leave us a review. If you have a question, type Jim, J-I-M, to the text line, 901-683-0989 or send it to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Next week, we've got Mark Herberson, Scott Jordan, and Drew Johnson. And Mark is going to talk about Blue Oval City. You do not want to miss that. That's Saturday mornings at 7 and again Sunday at 9. Stay with us because it's always important that you're a part of the program. I want to thank my producer, Tyler Springs, guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner, production and marketing assistant, Lauren Norsworthy, and of course our compliance officer, Mr. Tommy Armstrong. Thank you so much for listening. We're here for you each and every week helping you make the most of your money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Helping you make the most of your money. This has been Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker on News Talk 98.9. 